Hi everyone, it's Guillaume from Startup Basecamp. Welcome to the Tech for Climate podcast. During the show, you will have the opportunity to meet the best climate tech founders, investors, and experts from both Silicon Valley and around the globe. They will share with you their stories and personal journeys into this growing and exciting industry, giving you some insight into the ecosystems that help you to take part in the fight against climate change and benefit from the opportunities it can represent podcast is divided in two small interviews. During the first part, you will get to know our speakers, their perspectives on the climate crisis and how climate tech is changing the game. Second part of the discussion will be for members of our community who will learn the speaker's secret sauce on how to and share with you their unique expertise on topics such as fundraising, management, strategy and so on to help you to become a better leader in your field. So before we start, I would like to quickly share what we are doing at Startup Basecamp to support climate tech founders in accessing resources and gaining visibility with investors they seek. Our initiatives include a membership-based community platform offering access to a dedicated Slack group with a growing number of founders, experts and investors from around the world and a series of exclusive content such as interviews, weekly job listings, events, and our quarterly online pitch of night opportunity. But more than a place where you can learn, exchange, and grow, we are building a matchmaking service to facilitate connections between our members and top investors and experts in the field. And soon, alongside with other top investors, we will be launching a small fund to co-invest in the growth and acceleration of our members. Finally, all of this is possible because of your support and donations. We are a small self-funded team and we want you to be part of this collective movement against climate change. So please share one episode with a friend and subscribe to the channels. As an added bonus, we will plant a tree for each of our subscribers each time we reach 1,000 new fans or donors. Do not hesitate to connect with me via social media or email guillaume at Startup Basecamp. Thanks a lot for listening. I hope to get in touch with you soon. And now, let's go for the show. Hi, everyone. During this new episode of Founder Series, we're sitting down with William Lupesco, co-founder and CTO of Acclimate. Acclimate, a tech-star-backed company, is a free and easy carbon accounting software solution specifically designed for small and medium-sized businesses who want to address their climate footprint but don't have the time to become climate expert. I was excited to speak with William, who has always been passionate about protecting the environment. Growing up in Colorado, William spent a lot of his time enjoying the outdoors and wanted to do his part to protecting the natural environment. William began his career as a hydrologist before realizing that environmental engineering was not the best way to, of protecting the planet. After a previous experience as a solo founder, William co-founded Acclimate in 2021 with the vision to make it easy and affordable for small businesses to achieve carbon neutrality by providing an automated carbon footprint calculator and offering high-quality carbon offsets. In this episode, we will learn more about the main players and needs in the carbon accounting landscape today, the challenges and opportunities of current carbon accounting regulations, and how to incentivize businesses to offset their footprint. We will look at the ins and outs of carbon accounting, how to find carbon projects, how to calculate footprints, and how to create a platform that is easy to use for customers. 
Finally, we will look at their founder's journey, the challenges that they had to overcome at the early days and the next steps necessary to achieve their vision. We'll conclude the interview with William Stott on how we can tackle the climate crisis and how you can get involved in the process. During the second part of the talk, William will give his secret sauce for early stage founders looking to fundraise by giving his tips after graduating from Techstar Sustainability and hopefully increasing your odds of success. Finally, he will share how he has managed to maintain a good work-life balance as a busy CEO and what he has learned to spend his energy on to re-energize. William, welcome to the show. Hi, William. Welcome to the Tech for Climate podcast. I'm super happy to have you here with us today. I believe it's going to be a great opportunity to hear your story and learn more about what you are up to with Acclimate. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So before we start, this is the, the first question that we always have. Give us a 30-second introduction about Acclimate. Yeah, so Acclimate is a carbon accounting tool um, designed for spe specifically for small businesses. Um, a lot of businesses want to do their part to fight climate change, but they don't really know where to start. Or if they do, they think it's too expensive. So we make it really, really easy for any business, no matter how small, to become carbon neutral. Our algorithms can convert their business data directly into a carbon footprint um, in a lot of different categories. And then we have a really large selection of offsets that they can choose when they want to offset their emissions. And then at the end, they'll get a little badge that they can put on their website to show that they are carbon neutral and, and show off that they're doing the right thing. So let's start from the top. Can you tell us a bit more about your personal story and background? What are you passionate about? I mean, what do you love to do besides building Acclimate? What, what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? As I always ask, who is William? Yeah, um, so I, my background, um, I had another company before this, but my, my background originally is in earth sciences um, and civil and environmental engineering. That's what I did. Um, my, you know, what I, what I do when I'm not at work is I, I go outside uh, and I try to go outside um, as often as I can. And so I have a really strong passion for the natural environment. And so I think that drives a lot of what I'm doing here at Acclimate, a desire to protect the natural environment that I love. So tell us a bit more about your different work and, and life experience prior to, to launch of the launch of Acclimate. I mean, what did you learn along the way that uh, in a way you would not have if you had a different journey uh, and that you believe in a way gave you an edge to start Acclimate? Yeah, so I spent three years, um, I live in Denver, Colorado, I spent three years after graduate school um, as an engineer here in Denver, um, doing some engineering consulting, I was working um, mostly on water wells. Uh, I think still um, that water is going to be the big defining challenge of the 21st century and I really thought that I wanted to make that my solution. and or you know, make myself a solution to the problem. Um, that's why I studied water engineering. Turns out that being an engineer, you're not actually solving uh, that problem in a, in a meaningful, tangible way, or at least that was my experience um, doing it for three years. So I quit um, six years ago and I started my first company, even though I didn't know anything about tech or business, uh, I was just young, enough to be crazy to enough to follow my dreams. Uh, and I had this idea for a startup that was inspired by my dog and I went out and I did it. And that was my first company. 
Um, I did that for five years. We raised some money. I built a team. I taught myself how to code. I um, brought a new product to market, um, you know, and, and learned a lot along the way about business, technology, etc. Unfortunately, that new that company got wiped out by COVID. Uh, and so I was really lucky to be able to find this, uh, as my new thing with my, with my co-founder. So in all of that, uh, Johnny, thank you for sharing that, uh, that with us. And I think uh, a lot of like, you know, founders and small businesses would also recognize themselves, uh, in this uh, 2020, uh, wiped out, uh, but what was your driver in a way to jump into the, the, the climate tech industry? And I think we can call no climate tech. Is, uh, I mean, this term has been used for a couple of years now. Uh, before yeah. that, we were on the clean tech. So any specific aha moments that you, you can recall that, uh, or that you would define as such? I don't know if there was one specific aha moment. I mean, you know, my co-founder, I actually met him six years ago when I was starting my first company. Um, and he was starting his and his company that he had before this was um, a carbon offsets project development company. So he's the developer of the largest carbon reforestation project in the country. And I, I remember when I first met him, he was telling me about what he was doing. And I thought it was really cool, um, really interesting, you know, through my background in earth sciences and, and environmental engineering, I definitely spent a lot of time um, learning about climate change, or, you know, about a lot of the science behind it, um, you know, in my studies. And then in my work in hydrology, obviously hydrology is really tied to climate change. So it's always something I've been really interested in. And, and I was really inspired by the work that my co-founder was doing already six years ago. And so when he reached out with the opportunity to join Acclimate, you know, and, and to come join him on this journey, um, I didn't hesitate for a second. Um, to, 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 to do this, so. So before we, we start going into details about Acclimate, we'd like to uh, zoom out as we uh, usually do and kind of understand like the overall context that uh, you're navig navigating. So let's try to get an over your overview of the, what we call this uh, you know, carbon accounting landscape today. I mean, who are the main players and how is it organized? Yeah, so, it's already a, a very crowded field. A lot, of, a lot of people have been jumping into this. Um, there are a few really big companies at the top, really big um, startups. They're, they're still startups, right? There's, there's no one big, um, you know, consolidated public company. Uh, but there's a couple really big startups. There's a, there's a company called Persephone that's raised over a hundred million dollars. There's a company called Watershed that's been a spinoff of Stripe. Um, there's a few other really big ones whose name are escaping me for now. Oh, there's one called Sinai. Um, most of the companies in this space, at least here in the U S are focused on big companies. And that's great because big companies obviously account for the bulk of emissions and we need to do something about them. Big companies are also driven by ESG pressures, um, you know, and have some real financial incentives to be able to do this. And so those, you know, the other companies in our space have identified that big companies are really lucrative business opportunities and are really focused on them. Uh, we are very much down market from that and are focused on 
what in the United States is the vast majority of companies, um, small businesses, right? So there are over 6 million businesses in small businesses in the United States that employ someone else. And that's where we play. So that's like zero to about 250 people uh, is who we're targeting. And in that space, there is much, much fewer competition. Um, you know, yeah, other competitors for us because everyone, it seems, is focused on the big guy. So we really, um, we really feel like we're the only carbon accounting platform in the United States that's really focused on small businesses. So before we go too, too much into detail about like, you know, uh, how Aximate positioned uh, themselves regarding the, the competition, uh, what are the challenges and opportunities that you see in the in the market uh, today in terms of like uh, accelerating the adoption of like uh, carbon accounting, um, you know, uh, solutions? And you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the big uh, corporation, uh, Fortune 500 and, and so on using uh, the, the two or three uh, main uh, software solution, but w what is blocking and maybe more at, uh, at the, the SME uh, level uh, or slowing down the, this adoption? Is it because of a need of new regulation that really and will enforce uh, uh, those companies to uh, to look and, and and start to use this kind of uh, this kind of solution? Um, or is it because there's not enough provider like you or is it uh, uh, maybe is it like i don't know what would be like uh, you know the, the 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 break and and what is slowing down the the market to really accelerate that yeah no that's that's a great question so pressure um you know pressure to do this is really driven from by two things one is uh from the top down so small companies that want to engage with biz companies often have to comply with whatever regulations that they have. So they are starting to feel the same ESG pressures that their larger peers are feeling. Um, or if they're part of a supply chain for a larger company, the supply chain, the larger company might have uh, specific rules for companies in the supply chain. The other pressure is coming bottom up from uh, members of what you know we're calling the climate generation, which is typically millennials and Gen Z. Um, those of us who grew up hearing about climate change, knowing that it's a big problem and, you know, are motivated to do something about it, we prefer to shop, uh, or be employed by companies that are conscious about their climate footprint, um, and that, you know, share our values. So those are really the pressures that companies are feeling, but you're right for now, it's still voluntary. And so that's a challenge. A lot of our customers say that. They understand the value of what we're doing. They think it's important. They want to do it, but just not right now, because right now we're focused on other things. You know, we're still recovering from the pandemic, we, et cetera. So it's hard to get companies to make this a priority. Regulation would help. The problem is regulation right now, um, businesses feel like it's an undue burden on them to have to do this accounting because it can take a long time. It's very laborious. And so one of the ways in which we're presenting ourselves is that we would enable regulation, right? And we've already started to see that. We can talk about that more. But by making it so easy for these companies to do the right thing, we can enable the regulators to come in and say, hey, this is something that all businesses should be doing. Um, I mean, and you mentioned like uh, North America, US, Canada, and mainly US where you guys are active. But do you see any any difference, uh, maybe according to you and based on your own, uh, you know, knowledge of the of the market? Do you see any difference in terms of like at the 
uh, European versus uh, North American market uh, in terms of like, I mean, I guess, you know, competitors are, are everywhere, but uh, is everyone uh, focusing the, into their own, um, I would say, country or region of, of interest? Or is it uh, something that could go uh, more global as a solution? And do you see any uh, differences uh, between uh, the way how uh, those markets are operating uh, outside of the US or versus the US and North America? Yeah, so, so admittedly, I'm certainly not an expert on um, you know, the markets that are not the US because that's not where we're focused right now. But um, our plan is to take our company um, you know, international at some point. Right now, it would be tough because a lot of the data that we have is really tailored for the US markets, right? So we have a lot of data from the EPA and the American, uh, the Energy Information Association and sort of other US centric agencies. We'd have to go out and collect that data for every country or for every other you know, market. So maybe there's a big um, sort of centralized data repository for Europe. That's not something we've looked into yet. I know that Europe is much, much further ahead and another possible complexity for this is the fact that Europe has different reporting requirements than what we have in the U.S. And so we would have to be able to build out, um, you know, new reporting features. But those are all fairly minor things. I think in general, this is a universal application. Nobody, we're not going to be able to solve climate change unless every company on the planet is able to start doing this. And uh, a lot of the core functionality of what we're doing of, you know, how we account for carbon really is universally applicable. Um, and um, yeah, we all need to be in this together. So. Definitely. And, and we'll cover a little bit uh, later in the interview, like the way all you guys calculate carbon footprint. But uh, speaking about data, uh, you mentioned that here, like uh, you have access now with uh, thanks to the, you know, the different customers that are on your platform. So you can kind of like, uh, I guess, um, slowly able to uh, step back and understand uh, the different areas where the, the carbon footprint for company, uh, for the different companies are the, the, the most heavy. Uh, do you see any like trends uh, in terms of like the, the SMEs? Uh, where are the main, uh, you know, point of uh, interest or the, the area, the, the most difficult in a way to decarbonize? Yeah. So our platform still does not do all, um, all sources of emissions for businesses because that's, um, you know, we're, we're a small company and, and there's a lot, right? So we don't really do yet supply chains or anything tied to LCA, food, those kinds of things. Uh, for some small businesses, that would be by far the biggest driver of their emissions if they are sure. And we just don't have a lot of good insight into that. Um, a lot of those scope three emissions are really, really complex. But what I can tell you from what we do calculate, travel is huge uh, for small businesses. Um, there's also a surprisingly large um, chunk of emissions that can come from commuting. A lot of employers might not realize that that's part of their scope three emissions. So we, we calculate commuting emissions for businesses. Um, we also do utilities, but that's relatively minor, especially now post COVID when most people are working from home. A lot of our companies are working from home. Travel is by far the biggest. The second, uh, also again, depending on the company, could be shipping. Uh, companies that are shipping a lot of things back and forth, that can really add up 
Um, and then, yeah, LCA. But un unfortunately, we don't do LCA yet. Oh, sorry, LCA is life cycle analysis. And so it's a way of looking at supply chains. Um, and it's very complex. And, and so we haven't figured out yet how to really do that. So thank you so much. To close this, uh, this section, I mean, as everyone knows, there's always like this, you know, uh, controversy around like carbon footprint and offsetting. So according to you, what is the, the, the real impact uh, of those like uh, calculation uh, and the, the offsetting on, on, on climate change and, and the planet in general? Uh, I mean, why do they need to, to exist? Uh, or is it more like a, a buzz or greenwashing, you know, tool that companies in a way can use to look better and attract more talent or, or customers? Yeah, so, I, you know, we certainly don't think of what we're doing as greenwashing. Um, you know, the carbon offsets that we sell, they all have measurable, tangible impacts on the climate, benefits to the climate. Um, and so we think of this as a way for companies to start doing something and to quantify the cost of the emissions that they are putting out there. Now, for now, carbon offsets are really cheap. And so it is really easy for a company to just say like, hey, I'm just going to offset this every month and I don't have to do a whole lot about it. That's going to change soon. Uh, carbon offset prices are going to start coming up as everyone tries to get their hands on these offsets. And at that point, you know, if you want to be carbon neutral and you want to do it just with offsets, that's going to start costing a lot of money. And so we see this really as an incentive for companies to start actually making meaningful reductions. Because offsets are definitely not the only solution. They're a first start. Really what we need to do is start reducing emissions. Offsets is a way to help companies be incentivized to start making meaningful additions. If they can't put a you know quantifiable cost to the emissions that they're producing, they don't really have any reason to start reducing them. So let's go deeper into uh, Acclimate now. I mean, what is the story behind it and, and you know, you mentioned already for who it is, but uh, what, what, what is the, the gap that you identify at first uh, that led you to the, the current version of, uh, of Acclimate? I mean, why did Acclimate have to exist in a way? Yeah, so Acclimate really, um, it started out of a company called Renew West, which was the company started by my co-founder, um, Mike Smith. So he has a passion for climate change and he has a long personal story. He was in the Navy for a long time, but then he took a hard turn out of the Navy because he wanted to fight climate change because um, he had seen this forest fire when he grew up as a kid in Idaho and, and wanted to do something about it. So Mike spent six years growing uh, Renew West and in the process developing the largest carbon reforestation project in the country. And Eventually, he was joined by his co-founder, John Cleland, and the two of them did that for several years together, but they realized that um, planting trees and doing carbon offsets work isn't going to matter a whole lot if all the trees burn down and, you know, everything burns down anyways. So the realization was that this needed to scale a lot faster uh, and we needed to get a lot more businesses in on trying to do this. Uh, but they didn't have the means to do that. So that's when they brought me in uh, with my you know, background in software development and, and building products. I was invited to join the team to help build some kind of product that would allow us to tackle climate change in a much more scalable way. 
we whiteboarded it out and we identified really that the big opportunity was in small businesses because they are underserved. Nobody is really paying attention to them. They still have a very significant contribution to emissions. Um, but there's no way really for them to do anything about it. And, and so that's how we settled on Acclimate. We had a whiteboard session, the three of us, two years ago, um, actually two years ago this week. And um, and um, we, we've grown out from there. And then eventually Acclimate got to the point where it spun out of Renew West uh, and became its own company. So, and I think that's a good segue for my next question. Like on the product side, how, how does it work? If you could like uh, walk us uh, through the user uh, experience, like, um, you know, for people who are listening to the, the show, doesn't have uh, acclimate in front of them, like walk us through. Yeah, absolutely. So um, there are two key insights that sort of drive the whole product experience. One is that all of the business that all of the data that businesses need to be carbon neutral is data that they already have, right? It's buried in their financial data, their operational data, etc. So we wanted to make it as easy as possible to do this. And that means minimizing the amount of data that you need to input to be able to figure out your carbon footprint. The second is that anyone should be able to know their carbon footprint without having to become an expert in carbon and without having to spend a whole lot of time on it. Small business owners have a lot of other things to do. If they wanna make this a priority, it has to be easy. So the design standard that we're working towards is that you should be able to be carbon neutral in less than five minutes a month. So when you sign up for Acclimate and it's free to sign up and, and free to figure out what your carbon footprint is, um, we're gonna guide you through an onboarding process and we actually right now offer sort of a concierge onboarding service with one of our team. And you're gonna put in information about your offices, about if you have any vehicles, about your employees and how they commute. We actually, you can send out a survey link to each of your employees where they can fill in that information themselves. If you have QuickBooks, you can link your account directly to your QuickBooks account. We're working on other integrations um, as we start growing and targeting some larger companies. And then we have an algorithm that will pull in financial data from businesses and convert it into emissions data, right? Because again, things that you buy are tied to your emissions and, and that information's there, we just need to extract it. So we can read that data directly from QuickBooks and pull it right into your account and tell you what was an emission and what wasn't. If you don't have QuickBooks for now, you can just upload a CSV of your transactions and we'll do the same thing. So onboarding is the big step right, of just getting all that information into the platform. And then from there, we just track all of your emissions every month. And we let you know when you need to buy offsets, uh, you know, sort of on a monthly basis to offset all of your emissions from that month. Once once you've made it through onboarding, it's actually pretty quick and easy um, to do that every month. You can buy it offsets for several months in advance, and then we'll keep tracking them through that time and let you know when those offsets have expired or when you're, you know, when you've consumed the offsets that you purchased and you need to purchase more. So I'd like to go back a little bit about the, um, you know, we understand the, the onboarding process and uh, I believe it was uh, probably like uh, uh, one of the first challenges that you guys had to uh, to put together is like, it's always like this, like how do we collect uh, those data, organize them in a, uh, 
um, in a simple manner. And uh, from there, we can then uh, process, uh, you know, the carbon footprint uh, calculation. So can you tell us a bit more about this uh, carbon footprint calculation? Uh, how does it work? Which framework are you using? How do you ensure the accuracy of, uh, of in a way, the, the footprint uh, that you show to, to customers? And uh, do you have any, like, independent uh, reviewer or contributors, like, uh, if you can, uh, you know, tell us a bit more about it. Yeah. So one of the ways in which we keep our product simple to use is that we, we allow our customers to be more accurate with the calculations that they're doing, but we also sort of provide uh, general base level calculations um, for companies that just want to get close enough, right? A lot of these companies, they're just doing this because they want to. And so it's not necessarily important to them that the calculations be as accurate as possible. They just wanna know that they have a number that's pretty close and that they're doing the right thing. So, so we guess a lot, uh, but when we guess, we guess high because guessing high just means that they're buying more offsets for the planet. So we intentionally guess high. And what, what I mean with that we're guessing is that we don't always, we can be very, very accurate in our calculations, but we don't always ask for the information that we need for those calculations right away. So for a flight, for example, if we see a flight, we're just going to guess where that flight went. And, and for now, it's really hard because it's, you can't really tie the price of a flight to the distance of a flight. So we just guess for a round trip flight across the United States, which is longer than most flights. So our customers can put in more information about that flight to refine the estimate if they want to, that, that requires more work from them. But if they don't want to, then they can just accept that higher value that we've given them. And that just means that they're buying more offsets for the planet. And so a lot of our customers are okay with that model where we do a preliminary guess and then if they want to come in and give us a lot more data, they can. Now, in terms of how the calculations work, uh, everything is based off the greenhouse gas protocol and we use publicly available data sources to be able to do all those calculations. So our data comes from sources like the EPA, the EIA, which is the Energy Information Administration. We also have data from DEFRA, which is the British EPA. Um, we have some UN data, some from like directly in the greenhouse gas protocol. All of it is, is publicly available data. We have not yet, um, just cause we're still a small company. We have not yet gone out and done like a third party audit, um, of our calculations, but it's something we plan on doing at some point. So I guess it's one of the, the most challenging part of the of the, the whole business. So what keeps you up at night right now with uh, you know to, in order to improve the, the product and the and the service? We are really focused all the time on how to make our product easier for our customers to use because that that seems to be the biggest obstacle. Um, is that just you know they're running a business, they don't have time to do this, they they don't have time to make it a priority, and so if it requires any more time than it needs to, they're just not going to do it. So talking to our customers is very, very important to us because we really need to understand you know, what the roadblocks are and how we can make this uh, easier for them, um, more intuitive, 
that's one thing. Then also data privacy and protection obviously is a big thing. We're getting a lot of data from these companies. We, uh, a lot of it is fairly sensitive, like financial information. We really feel an obligation to protect it. Uh, you know, and we know that they expect that from us. And so that's another thing that keeps me personally as the CTO up at night is, um, you know, we gotta make sure we protect all this data. So speaking about the, the selection of the uh, offsettings uh, project that uh, you guys have and propose to your uh, to your customer, so like how does it work? Like how do you select them and how do you ensure that they're you know offsetting efficiency? I would say uh, in terms of you know and long term viability uh, and in a way quality. Um, so how do you? How do you select uh, all of them and say, okay, this is a, a valid one that uh, all customers should, uh, you know, use? Uh, are you conducting any uh, regular reviews as well? Because as you all know, like uh, we all know that the you know the offset market, it's uh, uh, not only about planting trees, but uh, does it really like remove uh, the CO two that uh, companies are paying for? Uh, so how does it uh, how does it work on your side, guys? Yeah, so we get our projects from two vendors uh, who deliver the projects onto our platform through an API. Uh, and so they are mostly responsible for selecting the projects, um, you know, vetting them, et cetera. And then they provide those projects to us, but that doesn't mean we're not still reviewing them. So the vast majority of the projects we sell um, have, have verification documents available and we provide a link to those verification documents directly from inside our platform for people who want to read them. Uh, you know, so they're verified by usually one of the major four registries, uh, ACR, CRA, Vera, and Gold Standard. Um, and it's really important to us to make sure that we do provide access to those verification documents. Small businesses, um, don't necessarily know a lot about offsets and you know they that's part of the purpose of acclimate is that they don't have to so for a lot of these companies it's really just an emotional buy they buy products that they're interested in and, and that somehow appeal to them so we provide a very wide range of offsets to try to really um give our customers the largest selection of offsets and and make sure that they can find something that they want uh, for a lot of our customers, it's really important to have something that's geographically close to them um, or to have something that they resonate with, right? So one of our customers bought a project from the state she went to college in because she really just had an emotional tie to that place. Um, my co-founder, you know, because of his background in offset project development, he's really an expert in carbon offsets. And so he reviews all the projects beforehand to make sure that they are valid. Um, and, um, you know, that's how we list them on our platform. And then, like I said, we offer a broad range of selections. So not just geographically, but also by category. So we don't just do forests. We also do a lot of methane conversion. Then we have a lot of weird sort of alternative ones like electronics recycling. For a while there was like an improved ship hole coatings project. Um, but again, all the projects that we offer are quantifiable and verified, um, you know, and make a meaningful, tangible impact on the climate. So speaking about the, um, the economics of uh, acclimate, I mean, I saw that you guys are, and you mentioned that at the beginning of the show, you guys are free. So uh, what's the business model? I mean, uh, how does it work? Who, who pays the bill, uh, the bills? And 
maybe if you can share with us, like, you know, your future uh, projection, uh, tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so our project, our product is free and that's intentional. We think that a carbon footprint is like a credit score. You can't do anything about your credit if you don't know what your credit score and similarly, you can't do anything about your carbon footprint if you don't know what it is. So we think it's free and we think every business should have the right to know that for free. Obviously we need to make money. So for now we're making money by selling offsets and we collect a margin on the offsets that we sell on the platform. So if you want to use Acclimate to just figure out what your carbon footprint is and then not buy offsets, we're not going to make any money from you. Uh, but you should buy offsets because that's how you do the right thing for the planet. Um, longer term, we're rolling out additional revenue sources. There's going to be a paid integrations tier where, you know, right now putting in all this data can be fairly manually intensive, but we're going to build out integrations with more of the software that businesses use. And that's something we'll charge for. We're also going to roll out something like a concierge service where we can do a lot of the work for you. Um, and that's also something that we're going to charge for. So um, there are, you know, we currently, again, make money from offsets. We're looking at other ways to make money. But the core principle that your carbon footprint is something that you have a right to know and that you should be able to know that from free that for free, that that's something that's always going to be a place for us. And, and we're always going to have a base product that that's free for businesses to use. Sorry about that. I was on mute to make sure there's no background noise. Uh, so <laughs> finally, can, can you tell us a bit more about like the, the size of the, the market opportunity here? I mean, uh, and how are you guys planning to, to scale the, the operation to, uh, you know, take as much as possible, uh, you know, piece of that, uh, of that market? I mean, what are the, the, the steps to, to achieve it uh, in terms of your, uh, your roadmap? Um, what's next for Acclimate? Yeah. So, you know, we're really targeting, uh, like I said, I think earlier on the 6 million small and medium businesses in the United States that employ someone. So that's already a fairly large segment right now. We are working through channel partners. Uh, we've developed some great partnerships already with some other green business associations or other sustainability organizations, um, that already have a large user base that we can tap into. And we're starting to look at ways of integrating with other services um, that are industry specific. So, um, you know, to be able to like serve special segments of the industry that are more focused on sustainability, things like cannabis or beer, um, food, a lot of those kinds of companies are really interested in being sustainable and they already use software tools to track their supply chain, to track their inventory. And so we're working on integrating with those companies so that we can just get the data right out of that software. And, you know, in, in some ways our customers might not even know that they're inputting the data. Um, you know, the carbon footprint is like displayed in the products that they're already using. Um, so those are two of the early channels that we're using for now. One of the challenges, which is both a challenge and an opportunity is that our customers can and already have come from anywhere. So we've served customers in numerous states all across the country and in, and in lots of different industries, right? We already have doulas, we have an outdoor magazine, we have a asbestos restoration company, we have some environmental service providers, we have an e-commerce store, right? So like these, this is a very broad and diverse set of businesses. That's a great opportunity, but it also means that businesses can be hard to find. And so we're building a strategy 
where you know through doing things like this and a lot more content and SEO, we're gonna make it easy for the businesses that wanna do this to come find us. Um, the other thing is that there's a lot of businesses that are already self-identifying as you know values driven. These are businesses like B Corps, public benefit companies, or businesses that are part of these green and environmental groups, you know, sustainability, biz, sustainable business councils, those kinds of things. And so we're going after those businesses uh, as sort of the low hanging fruit for now. All right. So, question that we, we always uh, like to, to ask to uh, the different uh, guests. What is your personal you know, opinion of the climate crisis? I mean, what would be your words to people who are afraid of all the terrible you know, news and already visible consequences of climate change? Are we doomed? As I uh, always ask, uh, what do you want to tell them? I think it's the largest challenge that humanity has ever faced. I think there's a lot of um, <laughs> psychological barriers that we have as humans that make it really hard for us to do something about it. It's easy to feel like we're doomed, but I take a lot of comfort um, in all the people I know who are actively working to do something about it and, and to really make a difference. You know, there's a huge community and it's growing every day of people who really care about this and are doing it. And I think we humans are smart enough and innovative enough to be able to figure this out if we focus on it. And so I'm, I'm heartened to see that more and more people are starting to take it seriously and then are starting to actually try to do something about it instead of just sitting and doom scrolling on their phones. Okay, and thank you so much for sharing your uh, you know, positive uh, view of the, of the problems. Uh, it's really inspiring uh, and exciting to see uh, you know, many people like you taking the, the problem uh, uh, and turning it towards a, a solution or at least an opportunity to create solutions. So how can the, the you know, listeners, uh, founders, investors, LPs listening to the show can, uh, can help you? Uh, be carbon neutral. Go to acclimate.com, sign up to find out what your footprint is, and then buy offsets. Uh, don't just do it for us. Do it for the planet. Fantastic. So any question that I did not ask you that I should have for this first part of the uh, interview? No, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, the last thing I would say to follow up on, you know, your question about are we doomed is um, it's really important for people to get involved. Uh, not everyone can go work for a climate tech company, but there are other ways to get involved, volunteering, giving money, taking care of your own personal emissions, etc. Um, it's really easy to feel hopeless, but getting involved and feeling like you're doing something is a way to make yourself feel better and to actually, you know, start making a difference for the planet as well. So thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much, William, for your time and, uh, you know, your interesting insight on the, uh, on the industry, uh, all the hard work that you are putting, uh, you know, to help uh, small businesses to uh, calculate their carbon footprint and uh, offsetting them. So uh, thank you so much. Very exciting to, uh, to see that and, uh, and uh, following uh, with you guys in, uh, in the future. Thank you. Thank you, Guillaume. And, and thank you for all that you're doing. Hi, it's Guillaume again. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. As I said, do not hesitate to share an episode with a friend. Also, if you value the work we do for the climate tech ecosystem, here is how you can contribute to it. Today, I'm asking for your support and a donation or sponsorship to make the work of our self-funded team more viable. Even a small contribution means a lot to us. 
In any case, I will invite you to subscribe to our channels and visit our website startupbasecamp.org to discover more episodes like this one and get your membership to access all our members' exclusive content. So remember, all of this is possible because of your support and donation. And we want you to be part of this collective movement against climate change. Let's keep in touch and I hope you will enjoy our next show with us.